0: God bless you tonight, Brother Hilton. We are looking forward to the word of the Lord tonight. I want you to come and take your liberty. Preach to me tonight. God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, let's just talk to him tonight. Hallelujah. Let's take a moment and talk to him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, somebody, let's lift our voices together. Let's talk to him for a moment. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, we worship you, we praise you. Come on, let's touch the Lord. Let's reach out and touch him. Come on, as he's passing by in this moment, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, he'll make everything all right. Come on, reach out and touch him, reach out and touch him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah. Well, I'm grateful for the presence of the Lord that's in this place. Hallelujah. How many feel what I'm talking about when I say that? Hallelujah. I'm wondering how many of you tonight feel the moving of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I've felt him since the onset of this service. Hallelujah. There's such a a spirit in this place. God is eager to see some of his people. Step out in faith tonight. I said, God's looking for some of you to step out in faith tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's love the Lord just for a moment more. Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel better, so much better since I laid my burdens down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you came tonight with some burdens? Hallelujah. You'll feel better when you lay them down. I said you'll feel better when you put them down. Hallelujah. That's what these altars are up here for. Hallelujah. That's what that worship service was all about. Hallelujah, an opportunity, amen, to lay him down. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, just one passage of scripture as a text tonight. I want to say thank you to the pastor for this opportunity. Hallelujah. And confidence and prayers. Amen. Church family, we need to pray for our pastor. Amen. He's in the crosshairs of the enemy. Hallelujah. Every single day. Hallelujah. He's. Fighting for your souls. I think it would just be the bare minimum if we say a prayer for him. Hallelujah. Do a little fighting for him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you can commit to doing that tomorrow morning? Just say a prayer for Pastor Riggin. Hallelujah. This is important. Hallelujah. We, we're we looking to move forward. We can't move forward without a leader. Amen. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus There's something special in this place tonight I believe God has something special for somebody Hallelujah And I hope to God that I can I was praying before coming up here And I was just, dear Lord Reminds me of the time when I was 18 years old And stepping behind this pulpit Brother Nelson, when I first started preaching Um I, I didn't have the whole night to myself. It was like myself and a couple of other guys. My brother was one of them on some nights. And and so I didn't have to have the responsibility of coming up with, you know, the message. You know, I could I could kind of, you know, I mean, not that I, I you know, I, I didn't take it for granted. Don't get me wrong here. But what I'm saying is there was at least a, if I missed it, I've got two others here that can pick up the, uh, you know, You know how that is, Brother Alberton. (laughs) But but I remember that first night. I was sitting in Pastor's office, and uh, we were doing bills. That was back in the days when we counted the bills on that glass top where that chess board is sitting right now. And he said, are you ready to take a whole Sunday night? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, I think you're ready. I was like, well, I better get ready because here it comes, <laughs> ready or not. And that next Sunday I preached. And um, But I can't express to you how nervous I was that night. And I feel the same way tonight as I was downstairs. I can't tell you. And I, I think it's the devil. I think the devil was, is putting thoughts in my mind. In fact, um, based on what I'm planning on preach to, preaching tonight, uh, I know it's the devil. But, um Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. And God has shown me truth. God has given me direction in my life, and I trust him above all else. Hallelujah. He's been faithful to Jared Hilton. He's been so good. Hallelujah. I was talking to Brother Goff the other night, and I just told him, I was like, man, I don't, I don't understand why God had mercy on me. You know, he didn't have to. But he did. And I'm standing here because of his mercy. And I want to declare truth. David said, make me to know truth on the inward parts. And then I'm going to show transgressors your ways. I want to do that. I don't, I don't want God to feel like he's wasted a vessel. But I want him to pour into me so that I can pour out into somebody else and help somebody who just doesn't know. All they need is to know. All they need is to hear it. All they need is a message. All they need is just the word. And then they're going to make the right decisions. They're going to change their life because of the power of the word. Amen. I want to be that kind of a vessel where he pours his truth into and I can pour it out. I can show transgressors his ways. Amen. If you. All right. Well, I gave you plenty of time to get to Genesis chapter 2 verse 25. So we're there. Amen. Just one scripture here says, and they were both naked. The man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were not ashamed. Everybody say they were not ashamed. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, shameless. Just want to talk to you tonight about that simple word, shameless. Amen. Let's lay down our Bibles. Ask the Lord to help us. God, we need your grace and your anointing. Pray that you would bind us together in one mind and one accord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would make us... Lord, confident in your word, confident in truth. Let the Holy Ghost move in this house. I can't do anything by myself, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let your truth, God, be poured out in this house tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. We praise your name. Let's give the Lord some praise before we're seated. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. Our text is just a simple one, and uh probably an abnormal one for uh for most people, and 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 I'm abnormal, so I guess it makes sense. But Genesis chapter two, twenty-five, they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Amen. I this is the last scripture of chapter two. But chapter Three starts with a very familiar story that most of us probably have read in recent days. Amen. And let's just read it really quickly to bring it back to our memory. Verse 1, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Remember, these people in this garden were unashamed. They were not ashamed. And this serpent, a subtle Beast of the field, a man came in to the picture, said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is of the, in the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, everybody say, the serpent said. The serpent is speaking, and he said to the woman, ye shall not surely die. That's a lie, because God said they would. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened. And ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. Amen. Knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband and uh, with her and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. At that moment, realization hit them. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Let me ask you a question. Why did they begin to sew fig leaves together and make aprons? Yeah. Because they went from a state of being naked and unashamed to being naked and ashamed they realized that this is something that's that needs to be fixed because they disobeyed god's command because they heard what the serpent had to say and and i don't want this to be a downer message i'm i'm just just give me a few minutes to lay some groundwork here amen but But the serpent lied to them and said, you're not going to die. What's going to happen is that you're going to become like a God, and you're going to know the difference between good and evil. And then, because of that knowledge, these two people, these individuals, perfect before this time, unashamed, because that's the way God created them, amen, they were confident in their walk with God. They were determined in what they had with God, brother Jaheem. amen, nothing could have taken it away, amen, nothing could have ch- changed their mind, amen, they They were unashamed. They were unashamed of what they had in the garment, in the garden that day. Amen. But because of the lie, amen, and because of disobedience, amen, they became ashamed. And so they started to patch together, amen, some kind of garment to cover themselves and try to, amen, make a stopgap fix for, for this situation that they saw as a problem. And if you read on in the story, amen, you know that God says your fix isn't good enough. I'm going to take one of these things, I'm going to shed blood, and I'm going to cover you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So fig leaves together, picking up where we left off, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I want you to notice that they started this work before they heard the voice of God. Before God started walking, the, the, before they, they uh, the cool, uh, let me see, before they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, before they heard that, they were already trying to fix this problem. They were already trying to, 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 to re- oh, I know, I know that this is bad. This is, and, and, and so they started trying to fix this problem. And then when they heard God, they're like, oh, no, I don't want God to see me in this position. I don't want God to see me where I'm at. And God had seen them in that situation over and over and over again. Amen. The things that you try to hide from God, the things that you try to cover up from God, he already knows about it. You're already, amen, exposed before him. Amen. And so when they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Hallelujah. And verse 9 it says, And the Lord God called unto Adam, said unto him, Where art thou? He said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Why are you afraid? Why? He said, Because I was naked. And then God said, And I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Who was it that told you that you were naked? And then just to finish this off, hast thou eaten of the tree where have I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? And we can read on and God judges them, Adam, Eve, and the serpent, because of their disobedience and lies. But as we just read through this passage of Scripture, we didn't read anybody telling them that they were naked. But it was their shame that was telling them that they were naked. It was their Guilt. It was their that that condemnation that was speaking in their mind. <clears throat> Amen. The devil told them that you'd be like a god. You would know good and evil. But he never told them they were naked. Amen. Just because they took a bite out of out of the apple or uh, the the fruit, not the apple. Thanks, Pastor, for setting me straight on there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Just because they took that bite, that didn't that didn't. It wasn't a mirror. It wasn't, it was but somehow they received it and they moved from being unashamed to being shamed. They had shame in their heart because of what they did. They knew what they had done was wrong. They knew they disobeyed God. They disobeyed and did not uh, do what God had asked them to do. It was shame that was speaking to them. Hallelujah. And because of Adam's disobedience, condemnation entered the world. Not only did sin enter the world that day, but condemnation did. Confusion. confoundness of our minds. It wasn't just sin, brother Nelson. It was, it was some, another level. The devil isn't just play, he doesn't play fair. But he plays on another level, and he, he, he lies, he distorts the commands of God, he, he makes them seem palatable. I mean, what he's saying palatable, and so that way we could accept it and do what we perceive to be right in the moment. And then the moment that we do what we know is wrong, we're hit with this feeling of shame, guilt condemnation. And I want to tell you tonight that that is not from God. Shame is not from God. Hallelujah. I'm I'm not talking about conviction. I'm talking about shame. And I know that some of this could be a little controversial. So pastor can set me straight um, anytime where I get off base here. And I hope he does. Amen. But by one man's disobedience, confusion, distortion, lies, malice, hatred. Entered into the world. But I'm here to tell you tonight that by another man's obedience, righteousness entered into the world. Romans chapter 5 verse 18 says, therefore, as by the offense of one. Judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Amen. Many were condemned to a life of sin. Amen. So by the obedience of one, so shall so shall many be made righteous. Amen. I'm here to tell the truth, church, of Olathe, Kansas, and everyone listening, amen, to this broadcast online, amen, and everyone that would listen to this, hopefully in the future, amen, that you can, amen, in obedience to the word of God, enter into righteousness, amen, without shame, without condemnation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, I've come tonight, brother self, uh, to declare the truth. Uh, Amen, the devil, amen, likes to sit on our shoulders, uh, amen, and tell us these little lies. uh, Amen, that you're not worthy. Amen, that you've done too much, uh, that you've gone too far. But I'm here to tell you that by the obedience of one, uh, amen, righteousness uh, has entered into this world. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no cigarette. Too many. Amen. There's no alcohol bottle. Amen. Too many. Amen. There's no illicit illicit relationship. Too many. Amen. There's no gutter. Amen. Too deep. I'm telling you that there is one who brought righteousness. And I want to tell you, amen, that when the voice of God comes walking through our garden, we don't have to be ashamed. I said we don't have to be ashamed, amen, but we can come boldly before the throne of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some thanks tonight. and you can be seated. Hallelujah. John chapter 5 verse 24 tells us verily verily I say unto you he that heareth my word he that heareth my voice and believeth on me that on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life Hallelujah. Passed from death. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He come. My God, my God, my God. I said passed on from death. Amen. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is life. Amen. And life everlasting. I want to tell somebody, amen, that he gave to us, amen, a promise of everlasting life. Hallelujah. Amen. They shall not come into condemnation. Hallelujah. 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 If there were some sinners here tonight, I'd be preaching to them tonight, telling them that, amen, they don't have to be ashamed, amen, of the things that they've done. Hallelujah. Did you hear me? I said they don't have to be ashamed of it. Hey, shame doesn't do any good. Hey, it just, it, let me tell you, it's, it's just a waste of time. Amen, what did they start doing as a result of shame? They started putting together fig trees and these little uh, skimpy aprons. Amen, and God came down and looked and said, that's not enough. You just wasted your time. Amen. What you're trying to put together as a result of your shame, amen, you're trying to pacify that feeling, amen, that thing that's going on in your heart, and it's never going to work. I said it's never going to work. Amen. What you need, amen, is a convicting word of God, amen, to come into your life, amen, and send you to an altar and change you and fill you with the Holy Ghost and pass you on from death unto life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He came to give us life, and life more abundant. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, I'm so sick of the devil's lies. I'm so sick of his, amen, his his, his uh, distorted and perverted way of, of twisting our minds and our thoughts. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, this is... There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the Spirit, but after the flesh. And then fast forward to verse 34, of the same chapter. He asks a question Who is he that condemneth? Come on, who's doing the condemning? Hallelujah. I mean, is it the devil or is it you? Or is it just, I who is It's not God. God's not the one putting those condemnations. I mean, God is the one Christ died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also, also maketh intercession for us. He didn't come to die so he could condemn us. He came to die so he could set us free. I said he came to die, amen, so not that we would be bound, amen, not that we would feel the guilt and shame, amen, but that that we could be set free once and for all, amen, totally and completely, amen, change a completely different person, an individual, no longer, amen, associated with that old man, amen, that we used to be, amen, totally set free. Hallelujah. John said in chapter 3, verse 17 For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. I said, He that believeth is not condemned. He's not condemned. He that believeth not, he is condemned. But he that believeth, amen, is set free. He is saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Come on, let's thank him, amen, for setting us free, for saving us. Amen, for not condemning us, but for taking the condemnation on himself. Come on, church. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mighty God. You'd be surprised how many people deal with these thoughts of shame. Hallelujah. I've heard, I've heard of elders in their 60s and 70s. I've been dealing with shame. People who have been living for God their whole life. Dealing with shame. I mean, you'd think by the time six or 7 you've got to figure it out. Amen. But unfortunately for some, they never learned that God didn't come to condemn us. He came to set us free. He came to change us. Hallelujah. And if you're not walking in the flesh, you have no reason to have that shame. If you're walking in the spirit, amen, you have every reason in this world. Amen, to walk with boldness and confidence. Amen, and trust not in yourself, but in God. Hallelujah. I get so sick, pastor, of just watching people struggle. There there you could tell there's a battle. It's going on. Not confident. Not 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 there's, there's, there's something beating them up. I'm not enough. I'll never be enough. I'll never do it right. I'll never dot every I and cross every T. Hallelujah. But I'm coming to tell you tonight, those of you who struggle with that, Amen, there is a way that God, amen, can deliver you from that. He can give you this shameless, amen, apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled feeling. Amen, that when you come into an altar, amen, He removes every drop of shame. He sheds, amen, those coats, those aprons, amen, those shallow things, amen, and replaces them, amen, with a blood-bought coat, amen, that covers everything, amen, you've ever done hallelujah i'm talking about being shameless i'm talking about being free amen worshiping god amen in the beauty of holiness amen getting his attention oh hallelujah 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 i'm telling you that there is a devil amen that his so desire, and purpose, amen, is to cu- accuse, amen, the brethren, amen, the Bible says he doesn't wait, amen, until the daytime, nor does he wait until the nighttime, amen, but he's accusing both day and night, amen, every spare moment that he's got, every spare moment that you've got, amen, he's whispering those lies in your ear, amen, and telling you, amen, what you have to be ashamed of, amen, but I'm telling you, amen, that you ought to stand before the presence of God unashamed. Hallelujah. That's how God created us. That was his original desire for his people, the precious people that he formed after his image to be not ashamed. Shameless. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, we're not in terrible company. The New Testament church, amen, dealt with condemnation. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3. I think this is interesting. The Apostle Paul, penning letter to the Corinthian church in chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians. He's going through these introductory remarks, and then he says, I speak not this to condemn you almost in passing, and really some of the remarks that he made was not very uh, strong. It was just, but I think what he was trying, I think they were dealing with something perhaps in their church, Pastor, that that he had to write these words, and it's reflected. I don't have time to go through all the different examples that I found while I was studying. Amen. But he, I mean, I, for him to be just writing a letter and say, you know, I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to condemn you. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to encourage him. for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die and live with you. I I, I you know I, I want to get close to you. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm not trying to tear you down. Hallelujah. Amen. Apostle Paul writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, not a novice, lest being lifted up in pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Amen. In chapter 5, verse 12, he also says, having Damnation—that word is the same as condemnation—because they have cast off their first faith, saying that it's possible to be condemned when you cast off your first faith. Amen. But I like the way Apostle John deals with it in verse John chapter three, verse nineteen to twenty-one. Verse 19 starts off by saying, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God? If we can get past this condemnation, this shame, I man, we can walk in confidence toward God. I'm telling you, the true church needs to get this revelation. Come on, an understanding. That shame. Those feelings of doubt, those are not from God. Those, con- those points of condemnation, you're rolling back and forth in your bed thinking, man, I just, I didn't get it. I didn't do it just right. You're wasting your time. Hear me, I said you're wasting your time. Hallelujah. God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power. Love and a sound mind. Come on, I, I'm, I'm hoping one day that we'll get this revelation where we can walk with sure steps, with confident steps. I know that God saved me. I know that he forgave me. I know that his blood has the power, Brother Goff. I know that whatever I've done, it's under the blood. I said, I know. You can't change my mind. I said, I know it. God delivered Jared Hilton. God changed me. I'm not ashamed. I said, I'm not ashamed. Come on. It's because of the gospel, amen, that he changed me. Amen. Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. To the Jew first and also, amen, to the Greek. Amen. We have, amen, this power, Brother Kaiser. Amen. We don't need to be ashamed. All right. Hallelujah. 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 I'm just waiting on somebody to get a revelation. I said, I'm waiting on some of you to get this revelation. I'm not ashamed. All right. I said, I'm not ashamed. Amen. The devil, amen, wants you to go home, amen, and say, well, he wasn't preaching to you. Amen. Your situation is different. Amen. You're not qualified, amen, to be a part of that. Amen. You're not qualified, amen, to be included in that message. And I'm here to tell you, you ought to stand shameless before your God who has all power in heaven and in earth. My, my, my God, my God. I said he has all the power in heaven and in this earth. Amen, I he has the power, amen, I to forgive. He has the power to change. He has the power to heal. He has the power to deliver. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, let's magnify him. Come on, don't we have a reason, amen, to say thank you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This is why Apostle Peter could write these words in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, amen, that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Hallelujah. Amen, we couldn't do it on our own. It was the precious sacrifice of God, the one who did come and obeyed. Amen. The one who fulfilled the plan of God. Why don't we just thank him tonight? Come on, somebody ought to thank him. Think about where he brought you from. Come on, think about the things, amen, the stains that he's removed from your heart. Amen, the things that he's taken out of your life. Amen, the blameless, amen, we can stand before him shameless. Oh, hallelujah. Second 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Apostle Paul, amen, describes for us. With clarity, exactly what takes place when we repent. Pastor we talked about this morning the importance of repentance. Hallelujah. When God changes our name, Amen, from our carnal selves to the one that He wants us to be, our spiritual selves. I'm here to tell you that you can be that spiritual. Being that God is calling you to be, to put away those old things. Hallelujah. Shamelessly walk into the house of God, glorify His name from the bottom of your heart. Amen. The Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. But if your heart is filled with condemnation, Amen, you can't worship, you can't praise, Amen, you can't lift him up. Amen. But until you get to this place of shamelessness, amen, standing, amen, before the Lord, amen, completely exposed, amen, completely vulnerable, and not ashamed. Oh, God. Amen. Without spot. Amen. And blame. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I believe God wants to do it here tonight. I don't know how many of you. Amen. How many of you feel like. Uh, amen. If you made your way to an altar that God. Amen. Can flip that switch in your mind tonight. I believe it. I believe that God can do something in this house tonight, and I believe he wants to, amen. But if we don't, amen, if we keep beating ourselves up, amen, with the same lies over and over, amen, he's not going to be able to, amen, so remove, amen, those filthy lies from the enemy out of your heart, amen, and obey the word of the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, uh, amen, that Judas, uh, amen, amen. He came, uh, amen, before the high priest, uh, amen, the night that he betrayed Jesus. His heart, amen, full of shame. I just betrayed my master. I just, I just, I just, I just. the closest friend I've ever had. I'm here to tell you tonight that even Judas, if he would have found that place that Apostle Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians, of godly sorrow. I know I haven't read it yet. We're going to get there. Amen. But if he would have, Reach that place, I, I'm telling you. Every every weight of shame would have just tumbled off of his back. Just would have, just would have broken. That's how powerful God's blood and forgiveness is. He can forgive the very one that put him on the cross. But Judas that night had too much shame. Matthew chapter 27, verse 3 says, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, he was guilty. When he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I betrayed the innocent blood. Can you imagine the weight on this man's shoulders? He was there that day, I presume, when, Matthew, or when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm sure he was there that day when Jesus turned that fig tree from being a dead plant to being fruitful witnessed the miracles. I'm sure he was there the day that he raised that man up at the pool of Bethesda. Pulled that young man out of his coffin at the funeral. Yet he still betrayed Jesus. I can't imagine a more heavy load to be bearing And Judas, knowing that he had betrayed Jesus, saw that he was condemned. I'm telling you, he couldn't get it out of his mind. He couldn't couldn't erase this from his memory. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you tonight, until you're able to completely put it under the blood, I mean, you're going to struggle, I mean, with those thoughts of condemnation and shame. Until you're able to fully trust in the blood of Jesus. Well, Brother Jared, that was long ago, and I still think about it. I still wonder that spirit's in my life. I still wonder. If I had those tendencies. I'm telling you, this innocent blood that was as pure as it can be was shed for you. That nothing, nothing in that blood could taint it. Nothing in that blood Amen. There's nothing that we could put under the blood of Jesus that could reduce its power. It's cleansing. It, it washes us white as ah, we need to get a revelation. <clears throat> Hallelujah. He didn't come to earth, wrap himself in flesh, and interrupt him in the course of history. Just to produce some kind of act that would be for religiosity or just for references in history. No, he did this so that he would produce the plan of salvation for mankind to wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness not some, not a few, not just for the first 100. Hallelujah. You don't have to be present (laughs) amen, to benefit this. All you've got to do is have one of these. Amen. And hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you tonight, church, that God wants to make us completely shameless. Judas told the High priest, he said, I have sinned and that I betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. Do whatever you got to do to fix yourself. I think he had an opportunity to go and repent and totally change his life. Amen. But what happened next? Verse 5, he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple. And departed. And went and hanged himself. I'm telling you that's. That's where condemnation. Took Judas at the very least. In this last day there is such a spirit of depression. That comes on the people of God. And you know. That depressing spirit has a mouth full of lies. He's a product of the devil who is the father of lies. I don't know. I don't know what spirit it was exactly that got a hold of Judas that night. Maybe it wasn't the spirit at all. Maybe it was just sheer condemnation. But something caused him to leave that the high priest that day, the temple, and go into the potter's field and end it all. And this is a, is a dramatic version of what I believe happens in apostolic lives across America and perhaps in this place. Not necessarily that we physically hang ourselves, but we can spiritually. Hallelujah. Listen to the way Jesus deals with someone who is caught in the act. Guilty as charged. 100% guilty. John chapter 8, verse 1. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came unto the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? And they said this, tempting him, this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. (laughs) So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and rode on the ground, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had lifted up himself, saw no none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I think that's a beautiful picture of how God deals with sin. Hallelujah. Even those that would like to condemn you. The devil, those who know what you've done, yourself. Eventually, under the power of God's forgiveness, would not condemn you. Can I say that again? I said, the ones that caught you in the act yourself and the devil who has the evidence on hand can show you put into your mind those thoughts the memories this woman was caught and she was guilty as charged and no doubt we are guilty Hallelujah. But when Jesus steps on the scene, they don't, they can't, they, I can't condemn her, God. I I can't. I'm telling you, the devil cannot even condemn you when you make your way down into the presence of God. And he steps on the scene and he says, neither do I condemn thee. Every other thought of condemnation every thought of shame, every thought of guilt, even if you have the memory, even if you have the evidence on hand. Somebody listen to me here tonight. I'm telling you that God has the ability to remove that condemnation. I said they can't hold the candle against Jesus. When he steps on the scene and he washes away those sins, amen, when he says, neither do I, They don't have the authority to condemn you. They don't have the power to condemn you. Amen. Those thoughts, amen, you just put them under the blood. Amen. Those lies, amen, you just put them under the blood. Amen. Because he does not condemn you. I said he does not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's thank the Lord here tonight. Somebody get a revelation of this. Somebody get an understanding. Hallelujah. I'm asking you why. Why do you keep blaming yourself amen, when he hasn't condemned you? Why do you keep calling yourself guilty when he has forgiven you? Why amen, do you keep bringing up those thoughts and memories when he has said you're shameless? When his blood has washed, amen, when he has washed away the stains, amen, and the guilt, amen, and those feelings, amen, and made you without spot and blameless. Hallelujah. Sister Tori and musicians, please come. Second Corinthians chapter 7. Going backwards a little bit, brother Chad. Verse 8. For though... I made you sorry with a letter. I don't repent, though I did repent. I'm not sorry that I wrote the letter, but I'm sorry that I had to, is basically what he's saying there. Though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance. I, let me back up. I don't want to pass, go past that. Go to a little prompting there. That when pastor gets up here and preaches a message of conviction, or Brother, Goff, or Brother Albert or Brother Nelson, or an evangelist, anybody, gets up here and preaches a message of conviction. I mean, they're not seeking to damage you. They're not trying to destroy your confidence. Hallelujah. Amen. Go back to verse 9. He said, you didn't receive damage by us. Amen. But you were made sorry after a godly manner. Verse 10. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, this selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness it wrought in you. What clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. Yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. Yea, what revenge. In all things, you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. He said, I wrote to you and asked you to deal with something. And you took it the right way. And you changed. You repented. But you didn't just go to an altar and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And go through, But you sorrowed after a godly sort. And the way that you know that you sorrowed after a godly sort is that it wrought some carefulness. I don't want to do that again. When you got up from the altar, there was a clearing of yourselves. I mean, th- these are key components to a godly form of repentance. Sorrowing after the way the world does, they, they sorrow. They have sorrow. They do apologize. They, some, many times it's sincere. But there's something special when the word of God comes across the pulpit. The voice of God, you hear it walking through the cool of the day. Instead of running, you respond. That is the way that you could read these words at the end of this passage, verse 11. And all these things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Whatever matters that you feel that conviction for, amen, you can be cleared of those things. Hallelujah. I mean, you don't have to be like Judas carrying that weight amen, to the tree. You don't have to be, amen, like those others, amen, consistently beating yourself up, reminding yourself of the failures. even if you didn't have the thoughts and evidence and memory. If you truly come before Jesus and say, God, I'm here before you, cleanse me, wash me, change me. And from this day forward, I intend, amen, to make a difference, make a change in my life. He's going to give you that clearing. He's going to give you, amen, that vengeance. He's going to give you the power. He's going to give you the ability, amen, to do the very thing you've been trying to do, amen, since you've heard the message, amen. He's going to give you, amen, the power and the authority, amen, because by yourself, all you're going to do is condemn yourself, amen, and bring more and more shame, amen, but through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be approved and clear in this matter. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I don't want us to come to these altars tonight. And bury our heads in disappointment. And, and just mull over the things and situations. Uh, 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 I'll never get free of this. I want us to step on to this front area. Amen. With the confidence that David had when they returned the ark to Jerusalem. When they made it back to Jerusalem, David was out in the streets shouting, worshiping, glorying God. And listen to what Michael said to him. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20, Then David returned after his worship service to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel this day, who uncovered himself Today, in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows, shamelessly uncovereth himself. You know, Michael might have meant this as a uh, kind of a verbal smacking around there. She might have tried to just discount what David was trying to do. I mean, it was kind of a big deal them bringing that ark back into Jerusalem. That was, that was an important moment for the history of Israel. And David recognized it for what it was. And so he goes out into the streets of Israel and is just thanking God for what he's done. I mean, but there's Michael up there in the window looking down and saying, that's not the way Daddy would have done it. Shamelessly uncovering yourself, David. Just like some of the vain fellows. She had one thing right in the statement. He was shameless. He didn't have anything to be ashamed of. He brought home the ark of the covenant of God. And it was done the right way. Amen. I I could go through the story. I don't want to take that time tonight. Amen. But many of us probably know the story how that the first time they tried it, they didn't do it the right way. Amen. So David went and started studying the word of God. I want to know how to bring the covenant back into the house, back into Israel. He didn't have any reason to be ashamed that day. There's going to be those who look on you, perhaps even tonight, says, what a vain man. Who does you think he is? I'm telling you tonight, you don't have anything to be ashamed of. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could get to that place. Hallelujah. That David got and just shamelessly uncovered ourselves before the Lord. It wasn't before those maids that David was doing. In fact, that's what he told her in the next scripture. I wish I had thought to put that in there. 2 Samuel 6, verse 21. Let's go there. And David said unto Michael, it was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. I have no reason to be ashamed. I'm not doing this in front of the maids that you think it's all about. I'm here to give the Lord some praise. I'm here to give the Lord some Thanks. Hallelujah, if I could put it in our own terminology, our own vernacular. Amen, he saved me. He brought me a mighty long way. I said he didn't have to forgive me. Amen, I really mean that. Like, I, I don't deserve the blood of Jesus, but he poured it out so graciously. Amen, and I wouldn't be here tonight. So I'm going to dance before the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't we make our way down to the front tonight? Amen. Let's let's come without shame. Hallelujah. Let's love him from the bottom of our hearts. Amen. Empty your hearts. Empty your minds of every kind of condemnation tonight. Tonight is not a weeping night. Tonight is a night to worship the Lord. Amen. To thank him. Amen. For where he brought us from. Amen. For how he changed us. Hallelujah, let's love him together.